The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931 381 2663 or visit mtbj.net. the teams you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris let's bring in newly minted i guess newly minted nsma tennessee sports writer of the year Teresa walker Teresa, good morning good morning how are you guys doing today <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's probably not the question we want to ask uh this morning we we have struggled teresa we have struggled but uh you know well, let's just that's, call this i know it's tuesday morning but let's just you chalk let's just call this like a monday you know i don't know about y'all but it just feels like i i, I don't know maybe it's the blur the cold whatever but it just feels like you know this is a week of mondays right the, the monday is tuesday ever yeah yeah no yes <laughs> yeah. Teresa, we brought you on to talk a little Titans and a little Predators. But before we do that, um, we just got news over the Twitter, as Chipper Jones would say, that the Vandy UT men's basketball game will not be played tonight. Yes, I was all set to go cover. And, and guys, this is the game uh, that was rescheduled and announced Saturday night. Um because of COVID issues at Missouri and South Carolina, that's the team. You know, Vandy was supposed to go to Missouri tonight. Tennessee was supposed to go to South Carolina. So they were like, okay, that's not going to work. So they, they said, you know what, Tennessee, you're scheduled to visit Vandy in February. Come on down to Nashville today. And yet this morning, COVID issues, tracing, testing, uh, quarantining at Vandy has now postponed that game. So, uh, there's been no announcement yet about Saturday night because this was going to be a rare back-to-back home and home between the in-state rivals. And right now the game still is on schedule for Vandy to go to Tennessee on Saturday night. But as we've learned so very well in the last few months, stay tuned. That too can change in a, in a blink of an eye. Well, it's tough to think that Vanderbilt wouldn't be able to play tonight for COVID reasons, but would be able to play Saturday night despite today's I, issues Mo, i think that they're just hoping that maybe some subsequent testing clears some guys or enough guys to you know because that's the thing the tracing is what takes you out if you have one uh test positive well you, you look at the tracing and it's like okay these guys were close then you test those guys and you know maybe you get through enough days of them being negative that you can actually play so it's it, that's going to be the interesting challenge Teresa, you know, when you're talking about the challenges of COVID and everything else that we've experienced in college sports this year, the fact that we played a national championship football game last night has to give you hope for basketball season, right? Well, I I think it's different. I mean, look at how much disruption we had in college football, a game that's played outside. You know, there's – 
you know, the college football isn't like the NFL where you got some dome stadiums. Those were pretty much played outside. And look at the disruption we had. Yes, uh, the entire, you know, most of the SEC schedule was played, but there, I think there were still a couple games that didn't quite get finished uh, because of, of COVID issues. And, you know, look, you know, Rick Barnes talked to reporters yesterday, and you know, he said, you know, normally they'd have maybe seven more games played at this point. You know, somebody had asked, you know, what do you do? You think the SEC tournament gets played at this point? And you know, and Rick Barnes kind of said, well, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, day to day situation here. You know, um, and, and you know, it, it's interesting. Tennessee dropped. Uh, they win two games last week, and they dropped a spot in the AP poll from number nine to number ten. And you know, it, it, the, the challenge is if if this had been a normal year, uh, Tennessee would have already played Gonzaga, uh, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. You know, now they might be further down in the poll, but they might have had a chance to be, you know, to show what they are and maybe be a top five program. So, uh, you know, guys, I think because basketball is played indoors, it's practiced indoors, and unlike football, you know, you know, yeah, so many schools have indoor pro, uh, facilities for football, but basketball is an indoors thing. I mean, you're not taking guys out onto the asphalt court to practice. Uh, even in the SEC, uh, in in January and February. So, uh, I think basketball is going to face a much tougher situation. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens here. The NCAA has already announced we're going to have our tournament in Indiana. We're going to bubble up. We're going to play the whole thing up there. Uh, you know, sad because I thought I might be helping in Lexington on the first and second rounds. And Memphis was due to host a regional, uh, this year. And unfortunately, it's going to be a bubble. Uh, just stay tuned. I mean, I'm I'm not. As we see, I was all set to go to Memorial's night and for the second time this season, and oops, it, it, it's just not happening. So um, you, you're trying to do what you can. You're trying to keep everybody healthy, but you know, you're traveling, you're practicing, and it's all happening indoors. And I think that's going to be prove a bigger challenge for for basketball than than football even encountered. With the the college basketball season under underway and all that, you, you have a lot going on, I'm sure. Uh, and that being said, uh, the Tennessee Titans season ended on Sunday, which I guess lightens the load a little bit um, as we, we saw them fall to the Baltimore Ravens uh, 20 to 13 on Sunday. Was that, a little bit of a surprise for you that, I mean, 13 points from the Titans doesn't seem like something that we would expect um, at home. What the fact that they were uh, uh, fourth in the NFL scoring points, 30.7 points a game. And then they uh, only the chiefs averaged more yards per game on total offense than the Titans did. But that's the thing I've been saying for a long time that the Titans would go as their offense went and the Ravens, were determined. They had Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams, who they did not have in November. They didn't have Calais Campbell last January either. They traded for him in March to help improve their run game, and they just stacked the box and and told the Titans, beat us through the air. And, you know, maybe this is a situation where, you know, where the Titans have had success is by sticking with the run game, not abandoning it, not completely going to the air. Because you know that Derrick Henry, if he's running for three and four yards in the first half, that can be six and eight yards in the second half, particularly in January when guys are hurting a little bit, right? But 
guys, I think this is where the you know the lack of uh, players really started hitting the Titans. You know, yes, we knew Taylor Lewan being out. They they replaced him enough to get through the season, but you know, you needed a Taylor Lewan so that you could free up Johnny Smith more instead of having him maybe help in the run game and help pass block. You know, get him out in into uh, some pass routes. You know, they threw to him a couple times, but you know, and he had one catch, uh, a couple catches, but you know, just not the guy that we'd seen early in the season before the one went out. You know, running around and making some big plays down the field. And the final pass that Brian Tannehill threw, guys, to Khalif Raymond. And no offense, I, I know Khalif, you know, had a huge touchdown pass a year ago in that playoff game in Baltimore. You know, but he caught nine total passes the entire season. Now, the reason you're throwing to him, well, Adam Humphreys on IR, and Mike Rabel said yesterday he's still in concussion protocol, guys. With two years left on oh. his deal, I think that's somebody that they have to look at maybe releasing this offseason to free up money for somebody else, like maybe keeping Corey Davis, who I, I think you need to try at least transition tag uh, you know, to keep him around because he helps make this offense better. Um, you know, and then you had Corey Davis was on the sideline uh, later in that game, uh, unspecified injury. Somebody saw him limping. He was definitely without a, head, a helmet on the sideline, and he was obviously unavailable. So, you know, you're, you're missing Humphreys. You're missing Corey Davis. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akina, he's a guy, no offense. He was a practice squatter, you know, special teamer, got onto the – you know, that's not – somebody you want to be throwing to in that situation. And Marcus Peters, you know, uh, uh, they weren't throwing many flags on Sunday anyway, but when mm. a guy as small as Khalif Raymond gets bumped by a defender, you know, it had to, you know, it, it's going to be obvious if you're interfering with a 6-4 Corey Davis. When it's Khalif Raymond, I could bump him off, you know, by bowling on him, you know, in a game. And that's not going to draw a flag. So it's just that, you know, they were down in weapons and the injuries kind of took a toll. And, yeah, the Brian Tannehill said it. You know, Mike Vrabel didn't want to really answer my question uh, when I asked on Sunday about the offense kind of letting them down. But uh, Ryan Tannehill said it yesterday. You know, the defense played well enough for them to win, held the Ravens to 20 points. 20 points. A defense that, you know, almost last in the league down at the bottom for points allowed. You know, we knew that they were the worst on third down defense. You know, the sack finally came in the final two games of the season. They did enough on Sunday to win that game. The offense did not come through. And Ryan Tannehill said, yeah, we didn't do enough. And, you know, that's the thing. Throwing through the air, that was a game that, you know, you needed to turn to Ryan Tannehill, and they just couldn't do it enough. So, yeah, when you have a season low in points, season low in, in yards, total offense, you know, and let's not forget, Baltimore, number two scoring defense during the regular season. They are good on defense in that category, and the Titans simply could not make them pay. Teresa, I don't know if it made any difference during the game necessarily, but I know fans are not real pleased with Arthur Smith's little post-game trip. Oh, Mo, I know they're not happy. But you know what? This idea that, you know, he, he, you're doing most of your preparation for what you want to do in your off time. And these guys are working six and seven days a week as it is. So if he took an hour or two last Tuesday uh, after getting the game plan put together to, you know, maybe check his P's and Q's for – and I asked last Thursday, you know, how do you, you know, prepare for an interview, you know, when you're – you know, because God, guess what? This is 
job season for for coaches, whether it's college or football, uh, NFL or, or college. And, you know, so you do have to have your resumes ready, so to speak, your game plan, you know, ideas of who you'd hire to bring on your staff. But this is not something that he put, he spent all last week putting together. You know, this is stuff you work on during the off season because, you know, yeah, if, you know, it, you know, everybody wants to move up the job chain. If you're in a position coach, you want to be a coordinator. If you're a coordinator, you want to be a head coach. And Arthur Smith made it clear to Mike Brable when he talked to him about becoming offensive coordinator. He said, I want to be a head coach in this league. I mean, this is a guy who's worked for Joe Gibbs, you know, worked for Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey highly recommended Arthur Smith to Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel yesterday gave him a high endorsement. Thinks he said he'll be an excellent coach for somebody. Um, you know, that he's not the kind of guy who's working the phone behind the back. You know, a uh, I, I, very interesting mention, I thought. You know, this is a guy that has a lot of respect across the entire Titans organization, and they know that it's time. It's like that baby bird. It's time for him to fly out of the nest. It's time for him to become an NFL head coach. If And guess what? You know, I don't know if the, uh, the Eagles are going to give him a call, but six other teams are wanting to interview him for their head coaching job. So, Fans can be upset. It, it doesn't look great, but you know what was he supposed to do Sunday night? Go home and, and you know get drunk and kick himself for because the offense couldn't be better against a very very good Baltimore defense. I mean, That's come what on, I did. People. Well, <laughs> but, but did you have teams wanting? Did you have people wanting to hire you, wanting to talk Sunday night? You know, uh, I don't know too many uh, fans that were in that position. So hey, you know, Arthur I'll tell you. Was. The fact that they still wanted to talk to him just goes to show that sometimes it's not, it's never just one game, right? But you, I, I liked what you said on Twitter, you know, that his, his best, you know, his best foot forward or his best resume point was to go out and have a, you know, a solid performance on Sunday. And, you know, so obviously that wasn't a distraction, it was just what happened. Arthur Smith's best resume, uh, and, and yeah, do you look at that? Mm, yeah, but guess what? Again, I'm going to point out Baltimore's defense, good. Number two scoring defense, number eight, I think it was, in total yards allowed. That was a good defense, guys, and they were healthy. Jimmy mm-hmm. Smith was back for the first time in three games. So, uh, But his resume, a very strong resume, is the fact that he had uh, – Look what he did with that offense once he got Ryan Tannehill last year. They were in the top four down the stretch, final 10 games last year. And then, again, tied for second most yards, 2,000-yard uh, rusher in Derrick Henry, uh, the only NFL team to have a 3,500-yard passer and a 2,000-yard, well, 2,500-yard rushing offense, you know, in addition to Derrick Henry. Uh, career high in pass for, for Tannehill, for high rushing touchdowns for Tannehill. I mean, you know, that's the resume that they're looking at, the creativity, how he gets guys wide open. Remember how many years it's like, why can't Titans receivers get out in the open? We see other teams do it, and yet every time a Titans guy catches a pass, the defender's right there to take him down. We see yards after the catch are possible with this team, and as great as A.J. Brown is in that category, other guys are also getting the ball in space. That's Arthur Smith, and that's why he's going to probably be hired here in the next week by another team to be a head coach. I can't disagree with you. I mean, I think he's a great coach, and I look forward to 
him being a head coach, he deserves to be. And so we can't can't fault the guy for wanting to be a head coach at the highest level in, in football. I mean, there's there's no – you can't be mad at a guy for that, right? So it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, so, again, Titans 20-13, uh, losers in the wild card round of the playoffs on Sunday. So their season ends, but just as one season ends, another begins. And the Nashville Predators will take the ice tomorrow in their first – Game of the Thursday. year. Well, uh, is it Thursday the fourteenth? That's right. The season starts tomorrow. The yeah, Preds season starts are, tomorrow in the NHL. That's right. And the Preds will will play Thursday. And uh, I assume that uh, that you will have some stuff to talk about there. So on the other side of a break, we will let you give us all the insight on the Nashville Predators on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Y'all stay tuned. Teresa Walker stays with us on the other side of the break. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you live this morning as we approach the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour. We remain on the line with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, um, talking Titans and Preds and college hoops and just about anything else she she covers it all, which is, you know, that's kind of why we love her because she is the jack of all trades and master of them as well. That's what makes a state sports writer of the year, apparently. Four time. Four times. Four time. <laughs> it's like a Ric Flair. Thirteen time. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm so excited about uh, the Pred season because we got some, some new faces uh, that will be gracing the ice at Bridgestone, and uh, obviously some some familiar ones as well, including Pecorine still on the roster. Um, is that uh, expected that that Pekka will be the guy, or is uh, or did Juicy kind of take that over from him? Well, that's the interesting thing. You know, Sarah's struggle in the uh, play-in series against Arizona. So uh, I'm, I'm really curious. But it, with a compressed 56-game schedule, they're going to be needing both of them. You know, they've got some, you know, back-to-back. They start Thursday night and then turn around, you know, uh, on Saturday night, uh, also another game. And, you know, they're going to be facing the same teams back-to-back. You know, uh, they're going to be – it's going to be such an interesting season where they've got, you know, four games in, in six days, two and three. It's just – so because of that, you know, and, and I asked last week John Hines, and he's like, it's going to be, and it's essentially going to be 1A, 1B. Um, I'm curious to see who gets to start Thursday night um, because I do think that that matters. Pekka Rene, you know, when we talked to him, he made it very clear that he's looking for a bounce-back season. This is the final year of his contract. He's 38 years old. 
Um, you know, he was not happy with how things went. He started last season really, really well, and then it just kind of slipped off the, you know, from the end of January in through February before the pause. He wasn't playing well at all. It's the reason why Soros had taken over the net, and, you know, he's the reason why Soros was starting in that series against Arizona. Now, can you know, working out, he's in his dad, you know, new new lease on life. You know, can he can he replicate and get back to where he was, uh, uh, you know, at the start of the, the last season? Absolutely. I mean, this is a guy who just won the Vezina in 2018. Um, but, you know, he's, he's fighting a, what's going to end up being a losing battle, father time. So I'm very curious to see how both of these goalies play because Soros, you know, it, it, he won the net there for a while, but you know he was, you know, he he hasn't made it very, very clear that he's the undisputed number one in net for the Titans. So, I mean, excuse me, the Predators. So, I'm very curious to see how they move forward with this completely. Who gets the start Thursday night? I, Make a prediction. I, I would think you go with Pekka, if only because it might be the last time. And then again, I'd go with Soros on on Saturday night. That said, I have not made it to a practice. I've been in Titan land for the last week, and I haven't been to watch them practice in camp. Uh, And I I, I missed this morning session. They're actually showing the media around their safety guidelines over at uh, Bridgestone Arena as we speak. Uh, Adam Zingan is tweeting out. So uh, I'm sorry, I was just looking at this. In the bathrooms, they've got little wash-up sing-along songs to remind you to wash your hands long enough. And their suggested songs are Life is a Highway. Uh, I'm going to use the original version, not the one by Rascal Flatts, but uh, a song by The Killers and then something from Harry Styles. They covered the musical genre there uh, to help people know how long to wash their hands, which, Lord, if that's one thing we learn out of this pandemic is how to wash your hands properly, maybe, maybe, just saying. <laughs> and that would be, if that's if that's something that happens, you know, that there are far Worst things that that we could learn from it, I, I, I assure you. Yeah, you know, this is a team that we expected last year to be obviously much more accomplished in the playoffs, and like you said, struggled against Arizona in the play-in series. What do the Preds expect this year? What what can we expect from this team? You know, are we? Are expectations as high as they were last year? Are we, you know, with the new schedule and the new uh, division? What's kind of the the thought around the the program? Well, they're being overlooked. I mean, and, and rightfully so. I mean, this is a team that you know, for all their talk the last couple offseasons, ever since they made the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, like keep us together, we can get back there. We, you know, we're so close. Just stick with us. And, you know, and then they bring in Duchesne and, you know, they brought in Torres. Torres, you know, bought out his contract uh, in October because, you know, that just proved to be a really, really bad deal. Uh, the pressure is now on, you know, everybody. Ryan Johansson, uh, Victor Arvidsson, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne particularly. They have, you know, their top players have to start playing like their contracts. You know, uh, production was down across the board for these guys last season and, you know, uh, the angle of my preview was, you know, and they, they kind of made it clear that they believe that they can be good, that they can go out and win the cup, that they've got the talent. And sure enough, they do. Uh, but the, the key is that they've got to go out there and play. They've got to prove it on the ice and quit talking about it and, you know, eliminate the, the, the gap between the do, the say and the do, as John Hines put it. And, you know, so 
could they go out there and compete, win the division, go deep in the playoffs, maybe get back to a Stanley Cup final? Absolutely. The talent is there. Um, the problem has been that they just haven't put it together. And, you know, now, you know, John Hines has been just a, a bunch of starts and stops with him. You know, hired last January, you know, when Peter Laviolette was fired, the pause, you know, they come back together, then they, they play four games and then boop, that's it. Uh, you're done until they started camp a week ago. So, uh, you know, has he had enough time to really get into the, to their heads what they want? There's been tons of meetings. You know, Lord, 2020, tons of Zoom meetings, lots of talk. Um, so but what is expected of them should be completely crystal clear. Now they just have to go out there and actually do it. And then we'll, we'll see if they can do it for, you know, a 56-game sprint where it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like a mini playoff uh, to, to get to the playoffs. You know, the athletic Teresa had a, had an article a couple of weeks ago, I guess, why should we be interested in the predators? And I have to say, I, I didn't read the article, which maybe I'm not interested in the predators, but it's just, like you said, the frustration of them continuing to tell us how close they are and then not being close when it comes down to it. Um, the biggest thing to me is the lulls that they went through over the course of the last couple of seasons and now playing this 56-game schedule. Like you said, they don't have that luxury. Oh, they don't. Because David Poyle made so many moves last uh, this last offseason, though. He made it very clear that, you know, what has happened is unacceptable. I mean, he you know, to buy out four years of his uh, of Kyle Turris' contract, you know, let uh, you traded away Nick Bonino and Austin Watson, you know, guys that had been kind of pillars, you know, for the last few seasons. It's clear. It's not going to be accepted. So, uh, and guess what? If they don't make the playoffs this year, you know, David Poyle's tenure is something that you have to start talking about because, you know, he's a guy, he's, he, he's now has, you know, since Barry Trotz left, he's now on his second coach. Uh, he's the guy who's made all these moves. And, you know, he's the winningest GM of all time, but he's made it to one Stanley Cup final. So, to, you know, it, 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 that might be – if they can't get to the playoffs, then you might have to look at him and, you know, is it time to make a change by ownership on who's wanting this franchise? So, uh, you know, that's why – you know, there's a lot of stakes on the line for the Predators future, and it is important. The Titans are winning. You know, even though fans couldn't really get into the stadium except for 21% this season – the fact of the matter is, you know, fighting for dominance. Right now, the Titans are the winning program, and the Predators are not. So they need to get their mojo back, and, and, and it all has to happen on the ice. Is Luke Kooning going to be any help whatsoever, or is he just Nick Benino 2.0, and we just needed a new face, and he was the guy? Well, I, I think maybe a new face. Um, and, 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 you know, we'll see how effective he is on the ice. They certainly seem to like him. Uh, so we'll, we'll just have to see what, how that works out. Yeah. I, you know, it felt like some, at some point it felt like Poyle was just making moves just to make moves. And sometimes that's okay. I'm not, you know, knocking that necessarily because again, a change of scenery, change of environment can be huge for, certain players and we've seen that in every sport i'm just curious you know if it didn't feel like the predators were trying to make big moves they were just trying to fill a couple of 
um, role players with new faces just to see if they could provide a spark. And I guess that, I mean, when you, you've had the success the Predators have had over the last couple of years in the playoffs two years ago and the regular season last year, it just felt like uh, this is a this is possibly the best move for Poyle and the Predators. Well, absolutely. And, and here's the thing. I mean, Ryan Johansson has had production. You know, Forsberg, Arvidsson, these are still guys who should be booming and growing their careers. You know, they definitely had bad years last year. Um, but that's the thing, you know, and, and Duchesne, there's reasons why you sign them to long contracts. There's reasons why you've invested in them. And, you know, the, the, the top line last year, when they reunited the Joker line, that wasn't the problem. And, you know, even bringing back Michael Granlin, you know, he also signed Eric Halla, you know, somebody who's a very, you know, a friend of, of Granlin. So, you know, and sometimes just working around those other pieces can, can make things work well. Um, you know, the second, the three, four, and, uh, the second three and four lines had to get better because they needed better production. Because when, when that top line was going out of the, uh, on, off the ice, they just weren't producing enough last season. So, you know, maybe these key, these pieces, you know, changing scenery can sometimes be a real good thing for players as well. And, and, and certainly should send the message in that locker room. If it wasn't already, I keep going back to the first contract. When you buy out a four-year, four, a contract with four years left on the deal, and that was like six million a year, that was a big signal that you know if we're going to buy him out, you could be next. It's you know the the, the message I do think has been sent to, to to pick it up or else. And you know David Poyle didn't tweak around the edges as much as I think he wanted. You know because he talked all of youth movement when the season ended in August. But with a 56-game schedule, it's not a full season. So you do kind of need some more experience to help get you through the season. You just don't have the time to, you know, to develop. So they're going to keep some guys like uh, Tomasino and, and, and Tolvin around to, to see what they can do for them. But uh, we're going to have to, you know, guys, stay tuned. Uh, you know, can this team do it? Absolutely. When they're playing their best hockey, they can be among the best in the NHL. We just need to see it again, and we need to see it for 56 games. I, you mentioned that that second, third, and fourth line. I'm really curious about that fourth line because, as you said, experience bringing that is such a big thing. And Brad Richardson uh, brings experience and a Stanley Cup to the Preds fourth line. He'll be on that. Uh, he'll be on that line with uh, Sissons and uh, Jan Crooks. So I, I'm telling you, the, the Preds fourth line is going to be something to watch. I think. Um, I'll, I'll just be curious to see how how that one works out because I think Brad Richardson does bring experience and a little bit of success to that line, and hopefully that will be the the key, the difference. Oh, absolutely, and 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 let's not forget the defense got tweaked as well. Dan Hamhuis uh, re- retired, and mm-hmm. you know they've they've got some more guys there, and 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 Dante Fabro, you know he's a guy that kind of an offensive defenseman lord knows they've got a bunch of those uh and, and whoever is in that they have to they have to play better defense in front of them because they did not do that not nearly enough this last season so you know you can't leave your goalies out to, to, to dry and they did that too often so uh improved defense more scoring it's a, you know, it's a combination that'll win you games Teresa, we can score from anywhere on the ice just ask uh pecorino <laughs> exactly 
exactly. You know, we can score from that, anywhere. You had that assist or you had that goal, and it was just just over around a year ago, wasn't it? And, yeah. You know, it's amazing how time flies. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm super excited. And again, the Preds will open their season against Columbus on Thursday at Bridgestone Arena. So really excited to get uh to get that season started again 56 game sprint so we'll see how it works out but uh Teresa thanks so much for hanging out with us for a couple segments today we really appreciate your time my pleasure guys and uh stay safe stay warm it's cold out there today yeah it's about 25 here in Nashville and I'm not it, it may be colder where JP and Mo are because they've been getting snow that we haven't gotten up here so I don't know 